0: It's the show the establishment warned you about. And thank you for joining us today. The Dr. Tommy Show is live, coming to you from Wesley Chapel, Florida. I am your... Thank you. I am your host, Dr. Tommy McElroy, America's free market doctor. And today, you and I will both be joined. And if you join us today, by a replay on the big screen. But anyway, you'll be joined uh, by Bridget Luzad, who is the founder of LabSpin Mobile Concierge. Bridget, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I am well. And we are going to talk about a couple different things. But first of all, we're going to talk about Atlas MD, which is your membership medicine software du jour. If you are a membership medicine doctor, meaning you're a concierge doctor or a uh, direct primary care doctor, and you haven't found the right fit for you whether it's practice fusion which was recently bought by all scripts or whether it's um you know some other thing that is basically set up for a insurance practice then i would encourage you to try atlasmd for free for 60 days at askdrtommy.com special offer for atlasmd and you'll see why we prefer it here bridget thank you for coming in today
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Did you see the uh, State of the Union last night?
1: I did not actually. I
0: did not either. And I, unfortunately. Uh, I didn't even listen to any of the commentary, but I'm sure there was a lot of uh, moaning and groaning, but I think they said, somebody said 75% of the people who watched it said he did a good job, but I don't know okay. what that poll was. Um, one of the things that uh, you and I have in common is concierge medicine, and you have a concierge service, and uh, tell us uh, what lab spins all about.
1: Well, first off, uh, my background, I've done concierge medicine for about nine years now, off and on, and throughout that time, patients kept asking for the service that I now provide, which was, you know, it's its such an inconvenience to interrupt their day to have labs drawn. Being able to get away from the office or interrupt their daily life isn't the easiest, or if patients are too sick, or if there's a situation to where they're, they're a very difficult stick, and throughout years of going through different healthcare systems, they've been just practically abused by the system as far as people not caring, taking the time, wanting to give them a quality service and do it right the first time. Uh, And after about two, three years of hearing this over and over again from patients, I finally said, okay, I'll do it. Um, I didn't really pursue it 100%. I kind of just did it on the side. Most of my work would come from uh, word of mouth. But uh, the idea behind what I do is offering uh, a service that is a quality service versus quantity. Uh typically when patients will go and get lab work done at Quest Lab, Core, typical big corporate America labs, it's just like, you know, they're just a number in and out in and out. Uh, usually the those places are staffed with employees that are usually, rushed.
0: When I've been there, it reminds me of being in I've never been on one, but uh, maybe a a bus that is traveling to the outskirts of uh, Bangladesh and only thing that's missing is the lady there with the chickens in the uh, cage and the uh and the uh, various uh, sound effects of driving through the countryside otherwise to me that's what i feel like when i go to those places sure
1: cattle call right yeah um so what i do is i allow a comfortable environment and another reason this is important is when patients are having lab work done it is very crucial that they are at a very uh, that their mind is at ease and that they're in a comfortable situation because when a patient's under stress the samples are no good Anxiety will cause the samples to give inaccurate results, which then results in a physician reading results that don't Actually apply to the patient and which they could essentially treat the patient for things that aren't accurate They can prescribe medications. Maybe the patient doesn't need all these things factor in and um, I have patients that literally would fly in from Tallahassee for me to do a blood draw because of what they've been through before. And that's just unacceptable in healthcare. I can tell you, my father-in-law actually was at Tampa General and he had open heart surgery and th- it was very disturbing to see that his care that he received, he's a physician himself in Lakeland. And after open heart surgery, they forgot to order pain meds. He then needed an IV. They have one IV specialist for the entire hospital, and she was off for the next two days. And mm. which, so he sat there with nobody to access or do to take care of him because it, he's just another number in the hospital. I want to offer an extension of what Doctor MacRae offers. Doctor Griffin, who's been on the show, I worked with for a few years. That's where uh, the basis of what I do came from. He taught me quite a bit, and I I owe Doctor Griffin teaching me what healthcare should be. Um, I will never say anything other than that. Uh, he once said to me, Bridget, you know, healthcare has changed significantly over the past 30 years plus. When healthcare first, you know, when it came about, doctors would go make house calls, they'd have their little black bag, and they would truly treat the patient for what was wrong with the patient. And he then said something, he goes, think about it. When you go to get your oil changed, do you use your car insurance to have your oil changed? No, because you're only going to use your car insurance if there's something catastrophic that takes place. And he was referencing that to the insurance driven, you know, medical world that we have now. So, quality of care has gone down significantly and quantity care is now what takes over. And patients feel neglected, they feel mistreated they go to these different labs, their labs come out, they don't get the labs, the labs aren't even run properly because the person there is so overworked, they're not able to draw the right tubes, they don't know what tubes they're supposed to draw. And it's just this trickle effect of their treatment being delayed. It takes away from them actually starting what they need to do to get healthy again, and it's just, a, it, it goes on with the rest
0: though, of the system. most people only realize that? I think they think that the lab is bad, and that's just the way labs are all over the country, just because that's the standard
1: and it's not center i can give you another situation actually i recently was working with somebody who had come and started doing labs with me at a facility and she had told me you know i was doing intake at tampa general uh, a hospital here and she has no background in, in healthcare whatsoever and she she proceeded to tell me that they came to her one day and said We have nobody to draw labs we need you to go to the pediatrics and draw some labs and she goes i've I've never done anything like that i do intake and they said it's okay they showed her a few areas on her the arm where she should be able to find a vein and they said stick until you find it Mm. and what happens is is one bad experience can destroy somebody forever they they never forget so then what happens is every time they go in they fear the same thing is going to happen and this is what they go through i've seen it so many times and it's really sad that that's where we've gone.
0: What is the uh, other thing, though, you're doing? You're, so lab spin is labs, but you're also doing IVs, too, right?
1: Right, so uh, lab spin. I recently just partnered with a doctor that's... Um, he's actually located in Winter Park. His name is Dr. Raman. Uh, his clinic's name is Awesome Medical, but ASIM, that's his first name. Uh-huh. And he also has... I've done for the past f- five years, uh, specialized in IV nutritional therapy, alternative medicine for truly healing patients versus... Medicine. Uh, a lot of what doctors run to now is okay. You come in, for instance, you're 300 pounds pre-diabetic. Three months later, we follow up with you, and now you're actually diabetic and you're getting worse. But then we're going to give you medicine. Where what this type of medicine would do is, we're going to try to treat and naturally cure the problem that's getting. Why why are you diabetic? Is it your diet? Is it something that you're inducing yourself? Can we can we fix this naturally instead of in, instead of doing medicine? The idea behind the IV therapy is the same thing. What we wanna do is put vitamins back into our bodies that can repair damages that's done, that's causing us to get sick. Uh, we can do, we treat cancer patients. Uh, vitamin C kills cancer. It's absolutely proven that it kills cancer. But with our uh, the way the government works and the FDA, the FDA actually banned vitamin C at one point because they found out that it was working and there's no money in vitamin C. So chemotherapy being a multi-trillion dollar business, they want to see that revenue coming in. Once the go ahead,
0: tell us what you see. Though you see these patients come in, they're on chemotherapy now.
1: So the patients that I see, I have multiple cancer patients, and one that's uh, my very first IV patient that I ever saw, almost five years ago. Donna, my patients are my family. That's just what happens when you work small medicine like small practice like this. And um, she was diagnosed breast cancer almost seven years ago, metastasized to her bone, and they told her she had thirty days. Donna became her own healthcare advocate. She proceeded to do her own research because that's what we have to do. Most doctors have 15 minutes to see you because they have to turn a patient every 15 minutes for insurance money. Mm -hmm. Um, So she took her healthcare into her own hands and she discovered that a vegan, no sugar diet is crucial to cancer. We all know that sugar fuels cancer. Doctors know sugar fuels cancer. When we do imaging, they give you sugar-based contrast to find the cancer. And then when you're going through chemo, they tell you, eat whatever you want because we want you to keep weight on because you're immune compromised. And we know we're killing your immune system, hopefully killing cancer too, so eat all the sugar you want. So we're killing cancer, but then we're feeding it. And it doesn't really make much sense. Um, So my patient, Donna, had discovered a vegan diet. Um, Hyperbaric chamber, which is oxygenating, uh, is very important. you know, organic juicing, all organic foods, eliminating certain things that put toxins and carcinogens into our body is crucial. And I have to tell you, Donna's still living. It's been seven years. Uh, I did think that at one point, Donna, about two months ago, I thought she was on her way out and she did not accept that. And she to the point to where she was in the hospital, uh, she told the tech that went to go do more imaging on her don't pull on me, don't pull my legs, my uh, cancer is already my bone, don't do it, please slide the sheet over, the tech didn't listen because they're rushing once again because that's how healthcare is. They broke her femur in half mm. and th- because they're rushed, they can't take time. Donna was on life support, um, nobody thought she was gonna make it out and she's back home by the way. Once again, she refused any food in the hospital, she refused anything, She her husband would bring her, her foods, her supplements, the things that she knew would help heal her body and make her better. The idea behind the vitamin C, the vitamin C at high doses of 25 grams plus produces hydrogen peroxide, which actually kills cancer cells. Um, it's been, multiple studies have done it, multiple people have survived. What can people survived. find
0: out about this? Uh, you I mean, can actually, what would you say is a good place to research besides just?
1: It's actually, you can go straight on to just Google and put IV nutritional, IV, vitamin C. But the, you come
0: up with every, a bunch of weird stuff. You'll
1: see stuff, but you'll actually see on there, look at um, case studies and cur- put vitamin C Cures cancer and see what comes up and you'll find multiple documentaries one that I recently just listened to this past week Which was very intriguing. Uh, it was in regards to a trauma surgeon that was diagnosed with breast cancer uh, Cancer back in the 1990s. She had a mass on her chest here, So it wasn't breasts. She just had a mass She did not think that it was cancer nor did her doctor So they cut into it just a biopsy to come to make sure and then it was cancer and listening to her speak she said I told my surgeon and my doctor, who both were close friends of hers, I'm not doing chemo and I'm not, I'm not doing radiation. She said, we all know that chemo causes cancer and kills everybody. And she said, I won't do it. And they said, are you sure? And she said, why would I do radiation? We tell patients, avoid getting excess imaging, x-rays, you know, MRI, anything that with radiation. But then you get cancer and they say, let's give you as much radiation as we can. It doesn't really make sense. And this is what she was saying. And... Again, she didn't quite know where to go, what to do to heal herself, and she actually almost died. The tumor ended up growing to the size of a, a grapefruit, and she was. She still refused traditional medicine. She mentions how the funding that is given to medical school is funded by pharma. So what's being taught in med school is what pharma what? wants you to learn.
0: What was the name of that?
1: The podcast, uh, what I listen to? Yeah. I'll pull it up and I'll give it to you here in a second. We'll put
0: it in the show notes.
1: Yeah, so it's very interesting. And, and I literally have sent this to my mother-in-law, who's a physician. And I after and I told her before, I sent it to her. I said, I wonder if this would have applied to my father-in-law, who has been on dialysis for over 20 years, which is unheard of. And I, I question if... Rather than them jumping right in and removing kidneys, if he would have been able to heal himself with natural ways that our bodies were meant to do, yeah. and in the same um, documentary I'm, I'm referring, this physician also states that you know our bodies were meant to heal naturally. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, uh, our body—that's what we do. And what yeah. we've done since is we've we put things in our body that actually stop it from healing itself. Have is a the idea?
0: Who's a physician and back in undergrad. She had a kidney stone, and they told her, well, this has got to come out surgically. And they tried to take it out, and they collapsed her lung. And mm-hmm. Anyway, short of it is, is she's like, you know what? Forget it. I'm going to heal myself. And I said, you can't do it. It's too big. It won't. And she did. Right. So uh, It can way. be done. We always hear these stories, though, and you always, you know, sometimes you hear them stories, and it's BS, But but there is a certain amount of what it goes along with the establishment saying this is what it is and not only this is what it is but this is what it is that can cure you and then this is the only thing right. and there's a lot of suppression and so what you ask yourself well what is the uh, right balance do you let every quack uh uh quack healing person come mm-hmm. along and treat everybody or do you um You say that only certain people. And, you know, part of the libertarian argument is, you know, people should be allowed to see whoever they want. And now if you're going to do that, though, you have to have also if you as a society are going to say, look, we're going to allow people to be treated however they want. If they want to eat soap bubbles or Tide pods to cure their cancer, then so be it. You know, but you also have to be able to say then. But we're not going to be responsible for the bad effects of that. So right. that, that's the problem with our society is we can't allow freedom to choose so many things if we're also going to say, no matter what people do, we're going to also take care of them when that goes bad. Right. So that's like the whole legalization of drugs, you know, mm-hmm. from a libertarian standpoint, you should legalize all drugs. Makes sense. People know what those consequences are or, you know, this free will. And if you want to go get addicted to heroin, then that's your business. But what we do as a society is if we said that, we'd also have to say, and we're not going to give you Medicare disability. But what would happen is if you legalized all the drugs, right. people would go out and do a bunch of drugs. And probably the same amount of people would be on drugs as there are now. But you'd have people who are then going to be saying, well, look, it's legal now. It's not my fault right. that I, you know, got a, a hemorrhagic stroke in my brain. And then now I'm an uh, invalid. And now I need to uh, be on Medicare disability. So... But back to your point is, yeah, there's a lot of things that are suppressed. And a lot of things are suppressed, you know, the, the fat and the sugar thing.
1: It's huge. I mean, to the point where I, another type of patients I see quite a bit are Lyme patients that go misdiagnosed, on average, 10 years plus. And it, it's actually heartbreaking because people, I feel, go into healthcare because they see a salary figure when they, when they make that choice mm-hmm. at a young age. And a lot of people aren't going to healthcare for the right reasons anymore. They they lose, who, if they did go in for the right reasons, a lot of times they lose that side of them because it's all about insurance. I've got a bill. I've got a bill. I've got a bill. I've got to hit a level four, a level four, a level four. Yeah. And I can tell you, I can think of five patients off the top of my head right now that had found me with a physician I was recently working with doing the IV therapy and we were their last option. And they come in when they first come in before meeting me, they are, they're, they're a little taken back. They're expecting to be treated the same as they... Same way they were treated at every other clinic, and within ten minutes they they let their guard down and, and open up to me because I I love people. Um, but every Lyme patient I know,
0: how many? I'm sorry to interrupt. You. I just thought of. It. I don't want to forget it. How many people who come to you have a good idea of what's gonna go, what's gonna happen? I mean, like for instance, I go to buy a car. Me, yeah. I know exactly what I want. I will I, if I ever go buy a car on a lot, which I won't, because of United Sales and Leasing mm-hmm. is my preferred agent for car buying. But if I wanted to buy a car, I'd know exactly what I want. But how many people come into for IV therapy and they know what's coming? Or are they just there like, look, we're here to try something new and please educate me.
1: It's probably, maybe about 10% know exactly what protocol they think should happen. And those patients um, have taken healthcare into their own hands because they've uh-huh. been forced to. Uh-huh. The other 90% have been somewhat educated that this really does work, that you need to do this and referred by somebody who had experienced okay. something in that situation. But they definitely, I. it is important to me that when I'm providing a service that I, I want them to be informed. In healthcare, I personally feel as if we do more we don't educate, which is why healthcare is more uh, sick care than well care, yes. in my opinion. So we don't educate patients about what they need to do to stay healthy before getting to that point. People go to the doctor when they're sick. Yeah, They don't go, nobody's like, I'm gonna go to the doctor because I feel so great today. But we don't educate, we don't, you see on the TV all the time, oh, breast cancer for women. Yes, it's, it's crucial, and it's a big deal, but it is absolutely nowhere near the biggest killer of women in this country, yeah. it's heart disease yeah heart disease kills more women followed by than, lung cancer exactly so the things like but we educate about breast cancer and we harp on it so much well why don't we tell women about how important it is for them to find ways to reduce stress levels which is a leading cause of every disease and cancer because of the yeah. inflammation we need to address problem we need to educate and we don't do it
0: yeah you know people they hear that but they don't hear it from the physicians necessarily
1: because they can't hear it from the physician. The right. physician has to turn them every 15 minutes, like we right. said, unless you're a concierge doctor. Right. And I can tell you, I think one of the most amazing physicians I, is Dr. Griffin, who's been on your show. I yeah. watched those. Um, and to I sat back and watched him for the years I worked with him, mm. truly care and treat patients. in. I can never go back the other way. I can yeah. never work anywhere that that would be insurance driven well, and not truly there
0: for the well, patient. I tell patient. People that are, they ask them, what do you do? You know, Oh, I heard about concierge medicine. They all think I just go to people's houses and do whatever doctor. Uh, they
1: think it's for the rich people what's and that's a do? luxury. Uh, oh name? yeah. Oh, you got a rich doc. You're rich. You got a doctor that what's just the comes that? to you. What's
0: the name of that? Dr. Payne or Payne, uh, something or another. Mm, anyway, I'm some sure. doctor yeah. lives in the Hamptons and he-
1: Oh yes, yes, yes. yes. Rural Pain? no? Oh, no, it's um, house know. Pain? No, maybe something, okay. Anyway, we bring on we're the pain.
0: Up. I don't know what it's called. Anyway, it's
1: painful. That's all we know. <laughs> but
0: anyway, um, yeah. Some people think that we do that, and I say, look, what we do basically is we we help people get as healthy as they can be. But most of what we do is, you know, very seldom are our patients sick. And people look at me like, what the hell kind of doctor is that? That right. Doesn't, but you're right. You know that the what we've been taught as a doctor is, and you know, obviously this is a case. You go when you're sick, but we've been taught also that the doctor is just for, mm-hmm. you know, the only thing the doctor can do is treat you when you're sick. Doctor can't help you get healthy. Sure. Doctor can't help you with anything else. But mm-hmm. only when you're sick or when you have a heart attack or whatever.
1: It's really sad surgery. To you. It, it's crazy because, and the, the other problem too is, uh, you know, some, a patient that might have a multiple specialist, oh, yeah. and those specialists don't communicate. And they're, they're all coming up with their treatment plan without knowing the other one's treatment plan. And you cannot coordinate care. Nobody is coordinating the care for, and, and patients aren't looked at as individuals. Mm-hmm. Not every patient responds to medicine the same. Not every patient responds to anything the same. We're all not made the same. So if a patient comes in, just because this worked for this patient doesn't mean it's going to work for me. My yeah. body's completely different. We have to individualize care. and. With what I do is I give individualized care. I try to be a ball of knowledge for my patients. I'm not a doctor, but I have absorbed a ton of knowledge from amazing physicians I've met along the way. What and, is your training? Um, I actually went. Uh, I went off to the navy. After mm-hmm. the navy, do as a hospital corpsman. I went back to school and went into radiology technology, mm-hmm. and realized really quick after I got my license there that imaging all day was not what I wanted to do. And which from there I landed at an urgent care in South Tampa where I mm-hmm. met amazing physicians including Dr. Griffin, including you, actually. Mm -hmm. And um, Dr. Griffin pulled me over and asked me if I wanted to do the concierge medicine with him. And I said yes. And uh, that's what I've done ever since.
0: And then you started getting involved in IVs and stuff. Yes, from there,
1: I went to um, a physician in South Tampa who was an osteopathic doctor. And I also met him at the urgent care. And he... I was able to go through some training, doctor Gen. So and- for
0: you urgent care doctors out there, that is your next step is to become a concierge doctor or, or a age yes. doctor. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs>
1: but uh, I was able to do some training to even give me more insight onto quality care for patients, which is natural care that that can cure them without putting medicine that our bodies aren't naturally made to to take. So I've met amazing patients. I've been able to truly treat and help patients and, and that's why I'm here.
0: It- and now, now you're starting a new, so tell us about, so is Labspin, is the, is the
1: so my company. mobile concierge? The idea behind Labspin was to have a mobile concierge phlebotomy service because mm-hmm. patients, they just fear coming in number one or mm-hmm. they can't get away, you know, their time is important as well. And it's just difficult sometimes. Mm-hmm. So that was what I originally based it off of. And then when I made the step to move on um, away from the physician in South Tampa, the demand and the call, the patients wanted to follow me and i said okay this is important they felt confident with the type of treatment i was providing and me me being the one to do it and i met a doctor dr raman about three years ago doing contract work for multiple sclerosis patients and he does exact exact type of medicine over in winter park alternative medicine uh stem cell uh he does actual hair restoration without um non-surgical hair restoration uh the prp we do Mm -hmm. a lot of prp And he is a big believer in the um, IV therapy as well. So so that will
0: be starting soon.
1: I'm actually doing that now mobile. Mobile. I am doing uh, mobile IVs. Uh, I should have a location in South Tampa, hopefully within the next month or so. Mm -hmm. Um, But another thing it treats is the Lyme disease, what I was going to go toward. Uh, The Lyme patients nine out of ten of them have all been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis fibromyalgia depression and anxiety those four key every single one have had that diagnosis almost every one of my patients that i know at one point have become suicidal because they all say to me bridget i wish i had cancer because i would have a diagnosis and they all look at them the same like god
0: no i was gonna say you know that would make a whole uh youtube channel on and of itself you'd start a podcast on that, that'd be a very popular show.
1: It's very important that people are aware because as a matter of fact, Germany is so far ahead Mm -hmm. on medicine, but you know what? They're they're practicing in Germany to treat and heal. And here we treat to make money. And that's what we've resorted to. We have
0: personal experience with that.
1: So I have a patient that was, he went to UF. You're going to like this because, you know, he's a gator. Um, But he was a senior, I believe, at UF and woke up one day and could not get out of bed. And his mother, uh, he grew up in South Tampa. His mom took him to a different doctor almost every day for two years is what he said. And it has now been 20 years or so. And it was just this past year he found out what was wrong with him. They kept saying, you're fine, you're fine. Anxiety, depression, here's more meds. Take these anti-anxiety and depression meds. Take them, take them. 20 years goes by practically. And he was walk, watching a documentary from a physician who specializes in Lyme and it was The Monsters Inside Me or something of the sort, I can't remember. It's a documentary about Lyme disease. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh my God, that is me, that is me. Yeah. He flew to meet that doctor and the doctor said, you're the worst case of Lyme disease I've ever seen. He flew to Germany and Germany said, you're the worst case of Lyme disease You know I've who else said
0: diagnosed with Lyme disease? Said, um, was it Chris Kristofferson, well, I believe. Yeah.
1: I have a, I actually.
0: Yeah. He, they diagnosed him first with Parkinson's, mm-hmm. like you said. Yes. And then they diagnosed him with Lyme disease. Another, I believe it was Chris Another
1: thing I hear from patients here is their doctors say, you can't have Lyme, you live in Florida. Uh-huh. That's absolutely false. And it's, there's actually, it's been proven that now mosquitoes are carrying a variant, uh form of, of Lyme disease.
0: Now this is off topic, but this, I know Chris Christofferson, I saw this thing where he says he he still smokes marijuana. and He thinks that's helped him with the Lyme disease. I agree. Yeah.
1: Here's, here's the thing, because like I mentioned before, and once again, I'm not a doctor, but I, I've been educated on certain things. Uh, we know that inflammation is very bad for our bodies and inflammation compromises our bodies to allow things to take over. So every study, everything that's been done with cannabis and everything else, Inflammation comes down significantly. It only makes sense. You're yeah. reducing inflammation. I did it a blog post down. about it. In
0: 1867, there was a, a family practice uh, encyclopedia that they basically sold door to door. And mm-hmm. it had like remedies for things, you know, yes. ginger, things like that. And one of the things was cannabis sativa. And it said, you know, take this plant, do this with it, make tea out of it, mm-hmm. do that. Helps with delirium. It helps for uh, nausea. It helps for uh, lethargy. It helps for... Sure. Everything. It says stimulates the sexual appetite, it even said. So, wonder drug. And yet, still, in most states, it's illegal. It's definitely illegal in most states sure. for recreational use, much less medicinal. Yeah. But again, that's back to the establishment.
1: Yeah, that, that might shut down some more, Uh, you know,
0: yeah.
1: take more money away from pharma.
0: Well, Bridget, it's been a pleasure having you on. We have to have you back on because there's so much to talk about, but give them your information on how to find out more about your services.
1: So you can contact me at uh, 813-500-7797 for any information that you may need. You can also contact me at Bridget, that's B-R-I-D-G-E-T, at lab-spin.com. And I
0: look forward to hearing from you. And guys. labs-spin.com is. is your website as yes. well.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank and thank you. you all for watching. And this is uh, the most listened to uh, Concierge Medicine morning show in the continental United States. And we have you to thank for that. So thank you for listening. And please, if you haven't uh, subscribed and you wish to, subscribe on iTunes or YouTube and hit the little bell on YouTube, and it'll tell you when there's a notification of a new show. And uh, we will join you next week. God willing, and the creek don't rise. And this is Journey, Don't Stop Believing, Song of the Week. Till next time, bye bye.
2: Oh my God. midnight train going anywhere. Just a city bird, born and raised in South Detroit. He took the midnight